0: Welcome to the Michigan Minds podcast, a quick and informative analysis of today's top issues from University of Michigan faculty. One of the important things about Great Lakes hydrologic science research and water level research is the recognition that the Great Lakes are a binational resource. So many students and people growing up in the United States see maps and data sets that sort of cut the Great Lakes off right at the international border. But so much of how water levels behave depends on how rainfall, snow, soil moisture on the Canadian side of the Great Lakes Basin impact water levels across the entire system. So we not only look at the Great Lakes, we also look at how flow as it leaves Lake Ontario at the downstream end flows through the St. Lawrence River all the way to the Gulf of St. Lawrence. So we view it as this entire system. So what we want our research to do is to help people make better decisions about how they interact with the coastline. And that ranges from decisions regarding where they put their homes, where they put coastal infrastructure, all the way to more serious things like how you would design a nuclear power plant or a wastewater treatment plant, and how to do so in a way that makes it robust to long-term water level fluctuations, including when water levels are very, very high, and also when they're very, very low. Throughout human history, people are very uncomfortable with hydrologic extremes. When water levels are high, the typical negative consequences are flooding and erosion, and we're seeing those on the Great Lakes right now, particularly in areas where there are high, steep, sandy bluffs. Bluffs are eroding, and in places where people have put their homes or other infrastructure on those bluffs, they're literally falling in the water right now. There are also areas, uh, in addition to homes being flooded, where important infrastructure is being flooded, including wastewater treatment systems, water treatment systems, and that's a serious problem. Our quality of life depends on these foundational tools that we have to keep air clean and to keep water clean. And if flooding and high water conditions on the lakes are gonna start interfering with that, we've got a big problem that we need to solve. The Great Lakes Basin is home to roughly 30 to 40 million people. And I would argue that in one way or another, all of their lives are impacted by the Great Lakes, whether it's because of drinking water or because of recreation, or even because of the commercial shipping industry. You know, so many goods and services are brought into the Great Lakes through this large shipping industry and the Great Lakes support that. And so all of our lives are touched one way or another by the Great Lakes. Now, more recently, we've been expanding our research. So what we've learned about the Great Lakes, there's an opportunity for us to translate that to other large lakes around the world. And so what we've discovered recently and looking at some data is that there are about 100 million lakes on Earth, but the top 10 largest lakes hold 80% of all of the Earth's fresh unfrozen surface water. Great Lakes alone hold 20%. So I like to think that if we can take our understanding of the Great Lakes here right in our backyard and translate it to 80% of all the Earth's fresh surface water by just studying the 10 largest lakes on Earth, we could have an impact on a lot of people's lives our research is critical to understanding the environmental system and to making good decisions about how we should be interacting with that, both on a day-to-day basis, as well as in terms of guiding policy, decision-making, and what our elected officials are doing with regards to environmental policy. But I'd also wanna point out that research is one component of a broader puzzle. It's one piece, I'd like to say, of a broader puzzle of how we manage the environment. And it's a stepping stone towards what I would call foundational information So I think a lot of people take for granted the resources that federal governments provide in terms of weather forecasts, in terms of these water-level records. You know, those aren't things that academic research scientists have been collecting for the years. Those are things that the federal government has been providing. And so I think it's important that while our research provides really valuable insights into people's decision-making, it's part of a coupled system. It's part of this puzzle that goes along with other pieces of information to make better decisions, including long-term foundational information that the federal governments provide. We have an opportunity to take leadership because we are so close to the Great Lakes, because the lakes are right here in our backyard, and because a lot of other groups don't focus on the Great Lakes, we have not only an opportunity, but also an obligation to provide cutting edge research on understanding not just Great Lakes water levels, but all aspects of the Great Lakes system. I would argue that the importance of the Great Lakes from a global perspective is probably only going to increase as water scarcity and uh, population growth puts stress on water resources around the world over the coming decades, I would argue that it's going to be all the more important to understand here in the Great Lakes where water comes from, where it goes to, and how long it's stored in the system, not just for the benefit of the people here, but also to translate that understanding to other large systems around the world. Thank you for listening to the Michigan Mines podcast a production of the University of Michigan. Join the conversation on social media with hashtag UMichImpact.